Hey, what's going on everybody? My name is Michael Levan. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Kubernetes Unpacked podcast. And this is actually going to be a solo podcast. I wanted to do an episode on where I think Kubernetes and just overall orchestration in general is going to be going in, in 2023. I've seen a lot of talk about it. I've seen a lot of predictions. Uh, I've written some predictions myself and yeah, I mean, I think that this is an important topic because Kubernetes is, you know, no longer the thing that, uh, you know, people are just writing about and people are just playing around with. There's there's something more to it that it's actually getting implemented in production environments at this point. So there's 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 definitely something going on here where people are seeing the value in it. So I wanted to really talk about, you know, where I think it's going to go and where I think that you should be, you know, thinking about it from a focus standpoint perspective. So I have my notebook in front of me and I'm literally reading off of it. <laughs> I never script these things out. You know, all the questions that you always hear me ask and answer and stuff are always ad hoc on a podcast. But I thought that this one would be, you know, something that I should probably write down and really think about before I, you know, recorded this podcast. So the first thing is abstraction. Now, when you hear abstraction, a lot of people often think of abstraction of something that it's kind of not. So, you know, back in, you know, <laughs> back in the day, I guess I'll say, you know, when, when we thought about abstraction and when we thought about repeatability and automation, we implemented those systems and those processes because we did the same thing a million, gajillion, billion times manually. And because of that, it was like, okay, we don't have to manually do this anymore. Let's abstract this layer away. Let's, let's make a repeatable process out of this. Now, platforms and tools are kind of being shipped like prepackaged as an abstraction. And, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later because it's, definitely a huge and important topic that we all kind of need to think about and understand and consider. But let's stay on topic for the abstraction piece. So from that perspective, you're going to see a push for tools to make consuming Kubernetes easier, you know, or, or better yet, um, you know, make it so we don't even know that it's there type of thing. So for example, let's say you're looking at a, a container orchestration management platform or you're looking at a, a GitOps platform, or you're looking at, you know, some automated scaling platform that the whole idea is that you're not doing the work yourself anymore. So for example, let's say you're used to running kubectl get events, or you're used to looking at specific logs. Well, instead you might use a tool or a platform that's going to abstract it away. You don't have to do it anymore. And it's just going to be consumed in, you know, wherever, like maybe open telemetry or whatever the case may be. And there are a lot of different tools and platforms that are kind of doing this. And it, it definitely seemed like, and, and this could just be because I'm, you know, directly in the Kubernetes space, but there was just a lot of tools and a lot of platforms that really, really popped up in 2022. So you know, wh whether this is VC money getting thrown all over the place or whether this is uh, products that are being bootstrapped, there's a lot of 
play in the Kubernetes space right now, which again, you know, goes to show that where Kubernetes is in the world right now, but also the level of abstraction, like all of these tools, if, if you use a combination of them, you don't even have to go, go into a Kubernetes cluster. You don't even have to update your cube config on your local terminal and run kubectl commands. Uh, these tools give you the ability to literally not have to do that. It's almost like you don't even know where your containerized applications are being deployed. It's it's pretty nuts. So we're we're kind of moving the needle when it comes to abstraction and we're saying, you know, maybe abstraction used to be something where, you know, something was taken away from you and and repeated so you didn't have to think about it, but now it's like you don't even have to know what's underneath the hood. And I don't, I, I kind of tell you, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. And this is just my opinion, of course, but you know, what, what happens when something goes wrong? Somebody's gotta know what to do, right? It, it can't just be like, Oh, we're, we're just using this platform and this tool and it's just going to work and everything's going to be hunky dory for the rest of the application life cycle. Like all of us in the engineering space, we know that that's simply not the way that it works. <laughs> so, which brings me to my second point of, you know, what I think will be important in 2023 and that's engineers are going to need to go deep again, regardless of the abstraction. You're going to have to understand and know what's going on. And that doesn't mean everybody on your team has to, but there's gotta be a dedicated person that really understands what is going on. I'll give you an example. I was chatting with a client the other day and he is very, very good at Kubernetes. He knows it inside and out, really, really knowledgeable person on it, but his team doesn't. So he wants tools for his team to use that kind of abstract the need to go really in depth in Kubernetes. That way they can still use it to deploy. But they don't have to know everything that he knows. Why? Well, when you first think about it, that could kind of sound like somebody wants to hold the keys to the castle, right? And that's actually simply not the case. The reason why is because platform engineers, DevOps engineers, whatever title you want to give them, they got a lot of stuff to do. You had to do CICD. They have to deploy maybe to VMs, maybe on-prem, maybe to different services in the cloud. They got to write automation code. They got to write infrastructure as code. They got to do some automate or not some automation, but they got to do some configuration management. Well, which is automation, but you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so point being is there's a lot of stuff that engineers got to do in today's world. And they simply don't have the time to go in depth. And even if they do take the time to go in depth, they're going to forget it two weeks later because they got a million other things going on. So with that being said, engineers will have to go more in depth, but at the same time, it's going to be key engineers and not just everybody. Everybody's going to have like their own specialty, so to speak, is, is where really where I think this is going because that's kind of the way that it used to be. Like everybody, you know, 10 years ago, had a specialty. You were the Active Directory person. You were the Exchange person. You had something going on. Whereas now, 
especially when, you know, the cloud started to become an actual thing that we were using, the level of abstraction, it was like craziness. Like you didn't really actually know what was happening underneath the hood because you didn't have access to underneath the hood. Even with a lot of the cloud services right now, you don't have access underneath to really see and understand what's happening at that micro level. And sometimes you may not need it, but with Kubernetes, running running a containerized application on Kubernetes is virtually, uh, from a technical perspective, no different than running an application on a VM. And yeah, a container is different than a binary running on a VM. Yeah, it's smaller. Yeah, different deployment methods. But what I mean is, when you really think about it, if you're running go run or executing a go binary on a VM, you're still executing that go binary in a container. The application's still running. Things are still running the same way. The difference is containers are a smaller form factor, a little bit, well, not a little bit, a lot of bit easier to scale and manage. But like technically, you know, again, there's all these differences, but when you when you think about it just from a pure like running this application perspective, it's not really much different. So with that being said, with Kubernetes, you're going to have to understand it at that level to really be able to manage, deploy, work with the applications that you're working with. Now, the third piece here is more security on containers and Kubernetes and I saw this from a consulting perspective. I saw this from a content perspective. And to even check my math, I created a poll on social media and it got a lot of votes. I think over 500, I want to say. And a lot of the comments in it, more or less, were around security. Like there were, you know, there were comments around GitOps and around all this stuff, but a lot of it was we need a way to secure our environment properly. Security is, well, I mean, cybersecurity in general is always like the last thing that's looked for. It's always the last thing that's budgeted. Think about your current environment. Think about your current organization. For, what, 20 developers, 30, 40, there's maybe one or two security engineers. So it's, yeah, it's really not looked at as much as it should be. in general and you know it's it it doesn't it doesn't get the uh re, that department doesn't get the resources that it needs in terms of the cybersecurity department so a lot of folks in in you know for 2023 you know they're thinking about the next step they've got their stuff deployed they understand kubernetes they've got their application they deployed they understand how it works they got all that down so now it's like okay cool what's next well, one of the biggest things that's next right now from what I'm seeing from other people, from just my personal experience, is security. Security is going to have to be tightened up. Now, I hate to throw out statistics because you never really know where, <laughs> where these statistics come from, right? But um, you know, on, on the state of, uh, I think it was the state of Kubernetes report or the state of security report, I forget what it's called from Red Hat, but 93% of security issues were due to misconfigurations. It, a big number like that. I it was definitely 93%, but I just I forget the exact piece, but it was something along the lines of 
93% of security issues are due to misconfigurations. That's a lot. Even if it was 20, even if the number was 20% or 30%, a lot. <laughs> that's that's a big number to really think about. And because of that, yeah, like security around Kubernetes, but containers in general, it's got to be tightened up from the control plane and the worker nodes right down to the container image. It's got to be worked on. Now, the next piece, and we have two more here, so there's six in total. The next piece is day two. So 2021 and 2022 was uh, essentially the years that Kubernetes really started to get implemented in production. Engineers were figuring it out. Now they got it figured out. And because they got it figured out, they got to start thinking about what day two is going to look like. That's partially security. That's partially monitoring and observability. That's partially how are we going to manage this thing in three months, in six months, in two years? What is it going to look like? That's going to be a big piece of where engineers need to spend their time. They need to understand just like their data center environments, just like their cloud environments. Everybody's got to think, what is this thing going to look like in two years, in three months? It's going to be very, very important. Now, the last thing here is, I'm sorry, actually, we got two more things. Apologies. So the fifth is engineers should start thinking about what a migration looks like. Now, this migration could be from Kubernetes to Nomad. It could be from Nomad to Kubernetes. It could be from Swarm to Kubernetes. It could be from one Kubernetes managed service to another. It could be from a managed Kubernetes service to on-prem. Regardless, with day two comes upgrades, efficiency, and oftentimes migrations. So you're going to have to think about, you know, are you in a place right now where you can migrate your workloads? Or is everything just kind of all over the place? And if one thing gets moved, the duct tape is going to rip all the way off. Definitely, definitely, definitely think about that. And the final thing is, and this is maybe arguably the most important, understanding that Kubernetes or rather orchestration in general is a real thing that will be a real part of the stack. Now, again, it could be Kubernetes, could be Nomad, could be Swarm could be ECS, could be Azure Container Apps. Whatever you're using to orchestrate container workloads, unless you want to build your own, which to be honest, at this point, I think it would be silly. You know, we, we did that back in the day where we had to, you know, build our own orchestrators to do certain things. But now it's like, there's just kind of no reason for it. You know, the enterprise is crisp with different options. Even if, if you don't want to, Kubernetes is just one of the options. If you don't want to go with Kubernetes, you don't have to in today's world. But understand that orchestrate, like containers are a thing. Like we just, we need to understand that. And we also need to understand that orchestrating containers is a real thing. Unless you want to be the person that sits in front of a terminal and runs Docker run, Docker stop, Docker deploy, or not Docker deploy, Docker kill every 15 seconds, ah, guess what? You're going to need an orchestrator to manage that for you. You're going to need an orchestrator to manage the scalability. All right, folks. So that's going to wrap us up here. 
six things that you should think about for Kubernetes in 2023. Thank you so much for listening to my voice for the last 16 minutes. I appreciate it very much. Hopefully you stuck with me. Hopefully these things make sense for you. and Hopefully you got some good value out of this. Thank you so much. and We'll see you on the next episode.